politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots standing at the ready to fight for our life, liberty, property, and most importantly, our bodies to the one and only CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Hurwitz, back here in the house today on Wednesday, March 23rd. What is special about the 23rd of March? That is the day in 1775, following the Stamp Act, that Patrick Henry gave his famous speech at St. John's Church before the budding Virginia legislature, whatever it was called then, convention, give me liberty or give me death. Yet today... We have both. We get tyranny and death. It's not a matter of you give up your life to fight for liberty. It's because we didn't fight for liberty. Because we spent all these years in the phony Republican Party, phony distraction conservative movement, talking about nonsense, fighting about nonsense. We allowed ourselves to get sucked in. We didn't nip the shoots of arbitrary power in the bud. We didn't fight when we had the power to. So now, actually, because we gave in to the tyranny, now we get death together with the tyranny because that tyranny goes up to and including our bodies. What is going on with vaccine injury so shocks the consciousness how broad it is, and yet people don't know. They know, but they don't know. We know so much that we know so, so little. They inundate us, inculcate us with so much fake information, so much distraction that we know less than our forefathers knew 100 years ago before any of this technology. We have Pfizer side and we have democide, death by our government going on. You know, there's a lot going on. We have this crazy Supreme Court nominee that brings up the issue of crime, judges letting criminals out left and right. She's just a microcosm of that. We have the border We have men are women and women are men. We have um, our government selling us out to a fake regime in Ukraine that's literally using civilians as human shields, neo-Nazi fighters, and we're giving them money. We have the atrocity of what they're doing to our energy resources. I have a piece out today at the blaze on uh, natural gas and coal, everything they've done to destroy that. The food prices, the inflation, the spending us into oblivion. All of this stuff trumps the few taxes that were put on during Patrick Henry's time. But none of those issues come close to the actual Pfizer side and democide that they've committed with the vaccine injury and particularly in the military. I've been up till late in the night dealing with all the data points on DMED trying to prove how the government's glitch narrative is a fraud. I'm working on some articles with that, and I want to share with you some information. We'll start with that today. But that's why I can't move on. I can't move on to other issues. How they're willing to destroy our military based on this. And nobody cares. We don't have a party representing us. Meanwhile, Trump is endorsing rhinos, dumping on Mo Brooks in Alabama who was so loyal to him. Make no mistake, Mitch McConnell is behind that because Mo Brooks was the only candidate to announce that he wouldn't be voting for Mitch McConnell. So as much as Trump says he's against McConnell, he's really for him. So very grim uh, storyline today. But we're going to start off 
with the military DMED scandal, which is the worst scandal in American history. First, our sponsor today is Novo Bank uh, for uh, small business checking account banks. Folks, part of the problem is the banks are woke. The banks are choking off fossil fuels. The banks are seizing people's funds. If you have a business and you're, you do something like I do for a living, they're going to go after you. So get rid of Bank of America and those type of places. Do simple business checking with Novo. Okay, Novo has an app that you could download if you go to novo.co, not com, .co slash conservative, novo.co slash conservative. Sign up for free business banking, no minimum balances, no transaction limits, no hidden fees. You don't even have to spend the time going in person to set it up. That's what's amazing. Often it's hard to, you know, banks are open for three seconds and you can never get an appointment. You could do it all online, 10-minute application, boom, they set you up. And it's um, it customizes to your business, and it syncs with your Stripe, uh, Shopify, or QuickBooks online, and uh, it's really, really seamless, and it's independent. They're not political. It's a small uh, bank. It's not like Bank of America. Um, and 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 I should mention they're actually not a bank. They set you up with a bank. The actual bank is Middlesex Federal Savings. Um, it's a platform. So. Um, it is not a bank, to be clear, but it is something that is totally independent from the cartel. Sign up for your free business checking account right now at novo.co slash conservative. Plus, conservative review listeners get access to over 5,000 in perks and discounts. Um, again, that's novo.co slash conservative. Novo Platform Inc. is a fintech, not a bank. Banking services provided by Middlesex Federal Savings, FA, member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. So I've been working with this DMED data, and I just want to mention, before I go through the the DMED narrative, and I want you guys to be clear on this, you're going to hear information that nobody else has. I've been working with numerous uh, flight surgeons, doctors, and health administrators in the military uh, that put in sworn affidavits to um, Senator Johnson. I've seen all the data. Um, and it is truly shocking what the government has done. But before we get to data, I just want to say, clinically, this is going on in the military every day. One doctor told me they had a pilot, 44 years old, out of nowhere, gets a stroke, his liver is messed up, every single blood test is messed up, his whole body is messed up. He had no prior history. He's not 20, but he's 44. He's still young, but he's a pilot. Okay? These are some of the healthiest people around. The only difference was eight weeks prior, he got the vaccine. And five doctors were consulting on this, and the other four had their heads in the sand, I was told. They wouldn't even consider this as... As a cause. And I asked, I said, how many times have you dealt with pilots having strokes out of nowhere? Said, no, never. In all the years as a flight surgeon. Yet now, they have tons of them. Um, Dr. Pete Chambers, he's the Green Beret uh, doctor um, who's in the Texas National Guard at the border. 
Um, and, and this was not him. This is someone else I'm not naming. But he also mentioned me. I can say that on the record, he had numerous um, guardsmen at the border in the ICU with strokes. So, you know, we thought cardio was the big thing, but strokes are everywhere, which is why you're finding the media now talk about the sudden strokes. Sudden strokes. That young people could get strokes from their lifestyle and genetics. Why are they talking about that now? Because just like you have the people with the chest pain and the cardio issues out of nowhere, the blood clotting, the strokes are everywhere. And folks, this truly is, see the cardio is a little bit COVID as well, long COVID, COVID, you have the spike protein syndrome. But what people are missing, and we're seeing this from the DMED data, from the VARES data, just and from there, there's now a thousand peer-reviewed studies on vaccine injury. I mean, it's not like it's not out there, even with all the censorship. We're now seeing numerous neurological issues. That's bigger than even cardio. And that is the shot. And that's the lipid nanoparticles. The lipid nanoparticles distribute this stuff everywhere. Okay? So the virus itself shouldn't cross the blood-brain barrier, whereas the lipid nanoparticles do. Hence all the issues. Hence all the issues. So... Let's go to the DMED data. Let's just set the table for those of you who aren't familiar. Basically, on January 24th, Senator Johnson held a hearing uh, unilaterally. Attorney Thomas Renz came and presented data from three named flight surgeons um, and doctors, and then there were others that were off the record, dozens of others that submitted privately an affidavit to Ron John. I spoke to one yesterday and they attested to the fact that they pulled data um, and they found just, you know, tenfold, fivefold, fourfold increases in cancers, in reproductive health problems, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, miscarriages and f- uh, fertility issues, and certainly strokes and heart attacks and myocarditis, pericarditis all sorts of nervous system disorders, on and on and on. And there there were hundreds of examples of this. In order to do this, in order to show an increase, they pulled the DMED data. This is the Defense Medical Epidemiology Database. Um, That's um, the database of the Defense Health Agency's Armed Forces Health Surveillance Division. $100 million program. They rely on this to surveil the health of the military for years. So they took, they wanted to create a five-year average. So they looked at 2016 to 2020. And then they compared 2021, which is around when the shots began in the military in January. So it's a perfect kind of year cutoff to previous five years. And they created an average, and then that's the numbers they used. A day later, not a day later, it's a few days later, the military didn't put out a statement. They didn't say they're launching an investigation. They didn't hold the press conference. They issued an oblique statement to PolitiFact and said that, no, there is no increase because there's a glitch in the system. There's a glitch in the system that made the 2016 to 2020 data too low, way too low. 
and really it needs to be brought up, and we're in the process of fixing it. So they admitted that 2021 numbers, which were super, super high, were correct. They admitted that what the whistleblowers were downloading from the previous years was correct. They weren't making it up, but they're saying there was a glitch, and we're fixing it. And then they went on in the ensuing days, they kept tampering with it. And we found to this very day, they continue to change and change. And they've basically sabotaged and arsoned their entire system without an investigation, without transparency, without anything. And putting vaccine injury aside, just to this very day, no one cares about the health surveillance system. That in itself is a big scandal. So that's where I left you guys on the story. It's implausible because they're saying we have a very unhealthy military, that all the other years we had this much injury, which makes no sense, and chronic illness. Um, according to them, there's no difference with COVID never visited the military, right? Because it's not just vaccine injury, but COVID itself causes some of this. And you're telling me there's no increase in nervous system problems from, from COVID, you know, the migraines, the brain fog, come on, you know, there's no, there's no way that that didn't happen. No way. But nonetheless, that is what they alleged. Today, I'm going to prove to you with numerous, numerous points that their current data is corrupt and manufactured and is not just implausible, but impossible. It's contradicted by previous concurring data that disproves it. And it also demonstrates that they lied in a court document in their narrative of sequence of events is completely lied to. And the implications are enormous and no one cares. But we're going to talk about it anyway. Now, first, uh, next segment is sponsored by Startmail. Folks, I am loving my Startmail. I'm sick of Gmail, Yahoo, SpyMail. You could imagine I send very sensitive emails uh, with very sensitive people and I can't have the government spying on it. Startmail keeps my email private, period. Every email is encrypted, even if the recipient doesn't use encryption. You could use an unlimited number of alliances. Um, it's really uh, backed by the most stringent privacy laws in the world. It's not based in the U.S., which frankly is a good thing for the purposes of our government. They have their own server, so they don't have a parlors problem. And when you delete something, it's deleted forever. Um Folks, why are you using SpyMail? Stop it. Use StartMail. I don't trust big tech. You shouldn't either. So go to startmail.com slash conservative. That's S-T-A-R-T mail.com slash conservative to get 50% off your first year. Okay. So what happened was they submitted a document, uh, the government that is, DOD, Defense Health Agency, to a lawyer representing them as the defendant in Navy SEAL 1 v. Austin. This is the Tampa, Florida federal case um, of a Navy SEAL saying that his religious exemption is being rejected, and the judge did rule in his favor for a preliminary injunction. But there was a hearing two weeks ago, and DMED came up, you know, because they're discussing how dangerous this is. And the government, for the first time ever, submitted a statement of narrative, but it's extremely terse, contradictory, begs more questions than it answers. It's a four-page document. I'm going to link to it in my column tomorrow. I'm going to upload it, create a link. I have it. It is. Um, it has no letterhead, no signature, no investigation. You know, 
I, I was told if you damage a military-issued phone, there's going to be a 10-page report on it. This is a four-page bullet point disjointed weirdness. No signature, no doctor, no testimony, just an unsigned, no letterhead bullet points. It's bizarre. And basically what they claim is the following. They claim that the glitch only presented itself from August 2021 onward. Meaning, it's not that the 2016 to 2020 data was always corrupted. It's just if you looked at DMED from August until January um, 24th, um, that's when it was corrupted. They say that in August 2021, there was a server migration that they feel caused it. Okay. And somehow they didn't notice it until January 25th or 24th. Actually, so 24th is is the date of the hearing when Renz came forward. I wrote my article January 26th. It actually says in the document, we found out from a January 26th article online. I, they don't say which one, but I believe it. it's my article because no one else wrote an article on it. Um, and I wrote it on January 26th. So I believe it was my – so they didn't know until my article. They, they, they didn't know. And they claim they went back. On the 27th, they discovered the error. It was corrupted. They took it offline for a day or two. And it was corrected by January 29th. They restored it on January 30th. They restored so you can access the system again. And that by February 2nd, they recreated the proper data, tested it, and it was all good. So in that statement, it makes it very clear that the corrupt data could only be through that small window of about five months. That they only changed it one time through those few days at the end of January. And never before and never after. Didn't know about it before January 26th or 24th. They say 26th. And that um, 2021, they attest to, is perfect. 2021 is perfect. It's It's those other years that were a problem. We are sitting on hundreds of data points that disprove each and every one of those points. It makes it that their data is implausible, but also shows that they're lying on each one of those things. So first off, I'm just going to tell you, we have video evidence because they were smart. The whistleblowers, for court purposes, they took videos with witnesses of them downloading it. You know, Because anyone could put together a spreadsheet and say, on this date, this is the data that came up on DMED, but they took a video of it. And indeed, they were tampering with it even before then. Because remember, Teresa Long, uh, she's one of the named uh, Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long. She's one of the named flight surgeons that's public. She talked about it at the previous Ron John uh, hearing in November. And she, uh, at that time, spoke about myocarditis. Myocarditis was already slid back earlier. So they knew about it and didn't say anything. And she alleged she alleges in an affidavit the first time she looked at DMED was for myocarditis. It was August twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. Isn't it a coincidence that they say 
the glitch was only for the period that they needed to be a glitch for when the whistleblowers alleged to have evidence that they pulled it. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, but but I, I have spreadsheets of the data that it was changed numerous times, even before and after. They claim it was just, oh, we found the glitch, we recalibrated it, done. In fact, they were changing it even before because they knew they had this information. So they're lying that they didn't know about it until then. They're lying that they fixed it as of February 2nd because we have numerous changes afterwards. Some data, it wasn't just like, okay, you know, the whistleblower data and then they changed it. We have f- as many as four different changes for certain um, data points. They kept changing it. Um, they claim the 2021 data is correct, but we have them sliding back 2021. So in other words, what they did was, in general, they raised up the 2016 to 2020 years so that 2021 wouldn't look like an increase. But in some of them, particularly, we found with myocarditis and female infertility that the the, the increase was so insane, which you would expect given the just civilian safety signals we see, they did a mixture of both. They raised up 2016 to 2020, and they put down 2021 to an extent. They they testified that 2021 was accurate, and the glitch was only the previous years. So how could there also be a glitch? Then why are you changing and tampering data? That's not what you said there's a glitch for. And Senator Johnson wrote you a letter saying, you know, demanding that you not tamper with the data and you did it anyway without notifying without responding to him without any transparency so the whole data now is corrupt you can't use it but what we can do is use what we do have to demonstrate again their current numbers are completely impossible and b their narrative surrounding it is a proven lie so more in a minute final final sponsor you know, I give you guys on Sierra Podcast a 2020 political vision. Well, you need 2020 vision your eyesight, especially if you got the shots where it's known to cause ocular damage. Um, I wear Ghostbacks lenses from Roden Stock at betterspectacles.com slash conservative. That's where I went to get mine. Um, 61% off their Ghostbacks lenses plus free handcrafted Roden Stock frames. Uh, you could see better with them, less neck strain, um, more energy. This is really the gold standard company. You could schedule a teleoptical appointment at betterspectacles.com slash conservative. You don't even have to leave your home. And again, 61% off their Ghostbacks lenses plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. My wife and I love our frames. These are our best uh, frames we've ever had. If you want what I have, which you should, <laughs> Just visit betterspectacles.com slash conservative. Um, so pericarditis. Okay, let's go through pericarditis. Both the whistleblowers and DOD agree that there were 1,038 diagnosis codes for pericarditis in 2021. Okay? So if you go there today and you pull it as of today, which I had one of my guys do, it's 1038, and that was the number that the whistleblowers had too. Okay, so the 2021 data, everyone agrees the same. So over 1,000 instances 
of pericarditis. And again, it doesn't mean instances. It means diagnostic codes. You could have multiples for the same person at different periods. They came in a few times. So let's just say it's DMED codes, 1038. The divergence is in the 2016 to 2020 data, wherein the whistleblowers pulled the data, and the data they have the video of pulling is January 10th of this year. They pulled it, showing an average of 525. Okay, they fluctuated. It wasn't the exact number every year, but the average I calculated was 525. This year, it's 1038. Doubled. Makes a lot of sense, right? You would expect that. Doubling of pericarditis because of the clot shots. It's, it's obvious. And a little bit because of COVID itself. The updated data that they, you know, as of February, now shows the average is 1047 for the previous five years. And again, this year is 1038. So actually very slightly lower, statistically insignificant. So about the same. So they show zero increase of pericarditis. Now, right off the bat, before I disprove that, it's just implausible because the baseline of pericarditis is too high. The notion that every year we had over 1,000 pericarditis is, is insane. But number two, it would mean that there was absolutely no increase. And we already know from VAERS, we already know everyone from peer-reviewed literature and JAMA, everyone agrees that the shots cause a degree of pericarditis. Everyone degrees, agrees that COVID causes a degree of pericarditis. So the notion that there's no increase, at least make it realistic. Um, number three is that um, myocarditis, even they agree they, you know, uh, Teresa Long's numbers show like a tenfold increase and then they kept reducing it. I'll get to that in a minute. But their current numbers, if you would pull it, it shows a doubling, 104% increase in myocarditis because they couldn't, you know, deny, if they would have showed no increase in myo, no one knows about peri, but everyone knows about myocarditis, right? If they would show no increase, everyone would know they tampered with it. Okay, there's no way. So they had to make it believable. But what every cardiologist tells me is that pericarditis is the first step to introduce, to, um, uh, diagnosing myocarditis, right? Pericarditis is the outer lining. That's what you see first. It's not as serious. And then some people go on to be like, oh, wow, no, it's worse. You have myocarditis. There's no way you had a doubling of myocarditis and not a single increase in pericarditis. It might have been wrong, and ultimately it was myo, but you would have had a DMED code, a diagnostic at some point that would have been diagnosed with pericarditis. It just, there's, there's no way that's not going to happen. But we, we could prove it statistically. You see, there's something interesting. Notice they said the glitch is 2016 to 2020. Well, why is the glitch only those years? Well, those are the years that the whistleblowers used to create a baseline. So it happens to be that the glitch was not a year before, not a year after, but only the year's data they used in the to create their baseline and only started at the time they allege to have started to look at the data. Pretty interesting that the glitch perfectly shadowed whatever the activity the whistleblowers did. Now, why did the whistleblowers use this? Well, a five-year you know, average baseline is a nice baseline. 
but also because, well, first of all, the military does fluctuate in size the farther you go back. So then, you know, the denominator does matter. They did calibrate case rates per thousand. So we have that too. But the reason they did it is because the ICD codes in the medical profession, they, they're updated. They change every so often. 2016 is when they migrated to ICD-10. Before that, they had ICD-9. So, you know, it's a lot easier to make an apples-to-apples comparison. You start going back before, you have different codes. So this way, you could just, boom, pull the diagnostic code right away, T50B, whatever. And boom, it means the same thing every year. Boom, you get the data. Now, that's why they chose it. So... We thought of an interesting idea. Well, why don't you go back to pre-2016 ICD-9 codes? They're claiming that there was a glitch that took place just in those years. But, and they're claiming that really it's not what you saw. Really, the numbers are much, much higher across all these codes, and they're on par with 2021 numbers. Well, if that's true then the, I don't know, 2000 to 2015 numbers should look should also be very high and similar to their numbers and not the whistleblower numbers. So what happened was, unfortunately, they didn't think to do this early on enough, and they now have evidence that they went back and they changed ICD-9 as well, but not everywhere. And we have some places to nail them on, and one of them is pericarditis. Now, before I give you the numbers, I just want to explain. The, the only reason why you can't use them is if you want to use groupings, like entire categories. So you don't know. They might have changed things, have more codes, more things, expanded, extrapolated on them. But if you pick, if you find the code, the, the number might be different, the, the diagnostic number but the malady is the same. So if you isolate one malady like pericarditis, there's no reason you can't use ICD-9. It might be a different code, but once you find it manually, which they went in and pulled, it should be similar. You shouldn't, it's not like, oh, you can't compare ICD-9 to ICD-10. Not if you isolate the malady. So, and, and I know some of this might be too much information for you guys, but I want to give it all over to you today um, because I think this is just so important. So, remember, the average the whistleblower saw was 525 a year, half of 2021. They want to say, no, it was 1047. It was always like that. Well, from 2001 through 2015, that's a 15-year baseline. That's a really nice baseline average. 569 was the average. Very, very close to the 525, you know, which is within, you know, standard deviation of what you would fluctuate with for 2016-2020. Very far away from their 1047. Bingo. Then there's myocarditis. <clears throat> um, 2021 ended, if you look right now, you're going to find... 339 instances of myocarditis for 2021 in DMED, which is higher than the previous years. Now, 
the data the whistleblowers pulled on January 21st, but even that was changed. I'm going to get to that in a minute. <clears throat> was 111.8. Okay, so about a third. So it tripled. Myocarditis, they show, tripled. Now, really, you would expect it to be much more than tripling. And I'm going to get that in a minute. It did. But as of January 21st, Okay, this before the hearing, before the public revelation, it was a average of 111 for five years and an increase to 339. According to the new data that they updated in February, it's 165. So only a doubling, not a tripling. Again, they had to make it believable. But once again, if you go back to the previous 10-year baseline, ICD-9 codes, 2006 to 2015, you get about 100. So that's much closer to the 111 that they have, not the 165 that these punks have. But there's something more serious going on here. Because really the numbers originally were a lot higher than 335. In a sworn affidavit, Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long has on August 28th, with video proof to back up her claim, that she pulled, pulled the DMED data on myocarditis for 2021. Now, this is the middle of the year. From January 1st to July 31st, so this is just the first seven months of the year, they already had 1,239 cases of myocarditis. 1239. So that would average out to probably over 2000, you would expect by the end of the year. Again, the average is 111. 20 fold increase, that's what I would expect. And that's what you see in the civilian. I mean, that was what you would expect. Myocarditis was exceedingly rare. It's not just a doubling or a tripling. And then she has on her spreadsheet, and I'm looking at it here. Multiple times she kept looking at it and it was slid back and slid back and slid back. Multiple times they tampered with the 2021. Multiple times they tampered with the 2016 to 2020 baseline, which, by the way, doesn't jive with the previous 10 years. This thing alone shows that they lied in court in multiple ways. Number one, they attest to the fact that 2021 didn't have the glitch, but we found that they slid back 2021 many, 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 many times. Number two, they claim DMED in this document is updated once a month. But, but um, Dr. Long kept finding day-to-day -day changes. So they were tampering with it day-to-day. Right, that that it wasn't just like the next month. It was even within the same month, it would change. So that is all fraudulent. That is all fraudulent. And number three, she has the proof that they kept changing it. It changed multiple times prior to when they allege they found out about it. On January 26. By the way, again, I just want to reiterate that in itself is extremely weird because the hearing was two days before. You can imagine you're DMED, you're DOD, and you have a senator with a whistleblower who's an active duty flight surgeon 
you know, a lawyer coming forward and saying all their data shows they're covering up, covering up vaccine injury. What, you think they didn't hear the hearing that day? Of course they knew about it. They didn't know until my article two days later. I mean, it's just, it's just weird. Just extremely, extremely bizarre. But you see what I'm saying? All of their stuff, th- this is a massive scandal. I could go on and on. Infertility and miscarriages. Okay? During the hearing with Ron John, they, you know, they pulled the data showing a 300% increase in DMED codes for miscarriages in the military. Okay, 300% increase. The five-year average was about 1,500 codes per per year. Just in the first 10 months of 2021, it was over 4,000. Likewise, they presented data showing a 472% increase in female infertility diagnoses in 2021. With close to 12,000 just in the first 10 months of this year, but a five-year average of just 2,274. Okay? You go now, and they they, um, slid up all of the 2016, 2020 years for both female infertility and miscarriages. Now, they did this for everything. They're lying for everything. Why do I focus on these two? Well, you see, there's a problem. We have in our hands a congressional report on infertility and miscarriages in the military that was published in 2020, and it has data from 2013 through 2019. So almost the entire overlap, except for 2020, and a few years before. Okay? All right. And if you look, if you average out those seven years, they don't give you year to year. The data is almost on the money for what the whistleblowers found. Right. So let's say I'm just, you know, off the top of my head, 2,200, 2,300 a year, 2,500 a year. Yet the whistleblower, yet their new data has it at 8,000, 8,000, 9,000 on a given year. You can't bridge that. And a similar thing with miscarriages, similar similar thing we found. It's straight up in a congressional report. Well, well, well Daniel, no, they're saying that those years were corrupted and we fixed it. So, yeah, I mean, the congressional report was built off the same false data. No, 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 no. Remember, in the court document, they're telling us not that those years were always messed up. It's only the data you pulled since August 2021. But had you gone out because it was a server migration. But before then, the data was fine. Right? Because we were all asking, how could your data be corrupt for five years and you not know about it? So, no, 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 no. No, it wasn't. It was just the, you know, if you would have gone back before August, the data from 2016 to 2020 would have been great. It's just that. There's a server migration in August, and that's when the whistleblowers started using it, and that's when it you, you can't use it, and, and we fixed it. Well, the congressional report was from a long time ago, 2019, 2020, whenever it came out, 2020, I think it came out. The data was either pulled early 2020 or late 2019, somewhere around then, way before August 2021, so they were using what you are testifying as the right data, and that data shows that the what you call the glitch data was correct and your new data is corrupt and a lie and a fraud. Now, I will also note that 
we have four different iterations of infertility. They kept changing it. Um, end of January, February 2nd, February 4th, February 14th, they kept changing it. So they went from like 2,200 a year, then they went all the way up to 13,000 a year to bring it up to the um, 2021 numbers that the whistleblowers saw. Then they brought the previous five years down to like 8,000 and brought 2021 down to 8,000. So again, they fixed it multiple times outside of the window that they testify to having fixed it. And they slid back 2021. And we think that they did this in certain cases because it was completely implausible. They would have gotten nailed. They had to lower it because they couldn't show that many every year. And especially on miscarriages too. There's a whole other thing I don't have time to get into. But based on their data, they're showing that seven, there were seven, um, 170,000 pregnancies in the military in one year. That that in itself is a whole problem now. Because DMED is not the military. It's not DOD. It's active duty only. You only have 227,000 females in the entire DOD. I mean, non-civilian, military. And I forget how many active duty. It's got to be... In the tens of thousands, it's not in the hundreds of thousands. It's in the tens. So, oh no, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. No, I have that messed up. No, no, no. It is two hundred twenty-seven thousand um, active. I'm sorry, two hundred twenty-seven thousand active duty females in the military. How in the world could you have one hundred seventy thousand pregnancies out of that in one year? That that's impossible. But there's there's a lot of problems. Anyway, I'm not going to go on. But I'm just giving you a sense of this is the tip of the iceberg of you can imagine when they're consistently changing their data. They corrupted their entire health surveillance system. All to accommodate the Pfizer side, the Demo side. This is where we are. It's truly disgusting. You know, you look at Australia, up until 2021, you know, you only had seven confirmed COVID deaths in Queensland. It's one of the provinces, one of the states of Australia. And yet, there's 3,000 excess deaths for that same period. 3,000 excess deaths in Queensland in 2021. There's only seven confirmed COVID cases. You tell me what happened. Emerald Robinson, she got kicked out of Newsmax for not getting the shot, so she's an independent reporter. She reports that DOJ is hiring tort lawyers to defend HHS from vaccine injury. She found job postings that describe this. So they they know this is here. It's unimaginable. I've been told by both military and civilian doctors, you cannot get appointments with specialists like neurologists and cardiologists. It's insane. It's out of control. It shocks the consciousness. Those shocking numbers in DMED were true. And their numbers are false. 
they, 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 they doctor everything. People are asking me, what's with this Wall Street Journal teasing out the coming of this study showing ivermectin not working? I'm like, what do you want me to tell you? They fabricate everything. What, suddenly you believe that? You know they fabricate everything. Notice the study is not even out, and yet they're teasing it out to the, to the media. Since when in science do you tease out like a campaign? If it's about science, you never do that. That's political. You start teasing it out, but then you don't publish the document. You give the media a preview to get a headline out. So the headline's already done. So once we get the document and we can pick it apart, the damage is already done. What do we know in general? They're using, it was for Delta, but they used the original very low dose. Only three days, not five days. Many people were already eight days into it. So with a low dose. And they did it on an empty stomach, not a full stomach. Um, and numerous other problems. That's just what we could see up front. But again, dude, that's assuming the data is correct. We know Brooke Jackson already testified that you know she has a document, a court affidavit that Pfizer fabricated all of their trials, and you know she was on the show talking about that. We have a corrupt government. I, I, I want you guys to understand what we're up against. I want you to understand what we're up against. The people who run our military, our government, the globalists, they're, they're, they're the same as the globalist international players. Same thing. There is a two-minute clip I'm going to play for you of Yuval Hariri. He is um, Klaus Schwab's top advisor, the World Economic Forum. Okay, so this is, if you want to know what they're thinking, what, what the masters of the universe are thinking, well, you can't get more ground zero than a guy like Yuval Hariri. We've played crazy things from him before. The thing is, they tell us out in the open what they believe and what they're doing. This is all out in the open. The tampering of the DMED data, I mean, they're doing this out in the open. They don't care. I want you to take a listen to what this man says about morality Listen to Yuval Hariri's clip right here. What is good and what is evil? What is a pious action and what is a sin? So in previous eras, again, you went to God or you went to the Pope or you went to the Bible. Let's say uh, with the case of homosexuality. So in the Middle Ages, the Catholic Church came and said homosexuality is a sin. Why? Because God said so. Because the Bible said so. Because the Pope said so. And this was the source of ethical authority. Nobody cared much what people actually felt about it. Now in the era of humanist ethics, uh, the saying is we don't care very much what God says or what the Bible says or what the Pope says. We want to know how people actually feel. Uh, if two men are in love and they both feel very happy with that, and they don't harm anybody, so what could possibly be wrong with it? It's very simple. Uh, the highest authority in the field of ethics is the authority of human feelings. If humans feel good about something, and nobody feels bad about it, then it's good. Of course, there are some difficult questions also in humanist ethics. What happens uh, if I feel good about something, let's say an extramarital affair, but my husband feels very bad about it. 
So whose feelings count for more? Then you have a dilemma, an ethical dilemma. You have a discussion. But the key point is that the discussion will be conducted in terms of human feelings, not in terms of divine commandments. So folks, the new morality is not the Bible, it's not God, it's not the Pope. It's how the people feel. And this is what we're seeing. This explains everything. They create a morality. Now, how the people feel, well, how do you know how the people feel? Well, that's subjective. They get to tell you, they, they carpet bomb the people with media, tech, censorship, and then, oh, look, the people feel this. The people feel for Ukraine. The people feel we need the shots, we need masking, we need lockdowns. And that becomes the new morality. So just like in the Middle Ages, you know, they would burn you at the stake if the Catholic Church felt you were a threat to them. It's this, this or nothing. It's a similar thing here. This is what? This is how people feel. We feel that we love this vaccine. Everything goes. Every means justify that those ends, their sense of morality. Folks, these people are more evil than Kim Jong-un, than China, than Iran, than Hamas. This is what's running our government. If we don't have a political strategy that speaks to that, and if you don't even understand this, you're, you're completely disqualified from even having an opinion on this. You talk about destruction. A very close friend of the show emailed me yesterday and said, you know, she had a husband who was killed by the hospital with COVID. He had an organ. He was on his second kidney and it was failing. So it was a mixture of kidney failure and COVID. Horrible treatment, horrible things, premature ventilation, kicked her out, all sorts of things. She went on to find his medical record so she could see what was given. It's completely erased. She called up and said, I'm the wife. And they said, no, we wanted to respect the privacy of the dead. Well, okay, but I'm, I'm the, you know, she, she, she was the medical director, of, you know, directive for, for the husband, right? This is the wife. She cannot get a hold of his medical records. What exactly did you use in the hospital on this man? But it's the right thing to do. When you deviate from God, there is no middle ground. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing this godlessness. And if you look at the fake conservative movement, Watch them. They use LGBT and now all the other stuff. Like they use the language. They congratulate, you know, gay adoption. They're like, trans is great. Just don't screw up female sports. The reason why the conservative movement has fallen is because they're not godly either. They agree 50% to this modern day maloke. This is where it's at. And the consequences are devastating. I want to read to you an article from news.com.au, Australian News. 
mainstream publication. They say it's stress. Sydney woman seeks answers to migraines and tinnitus six months after Pfizer. I don't have time to read the whole thing, but it's heartbreaking that they refuse to recognize the problem. We're not even talking about the cancers and, you know, the, you know, strokes and heart attacks. Even things that seem like, okay, they're not deadly, but they could take years off people's lives and make it drive them into suicide. I mean, tinnitus could be the worst thing around. There are hundreds of thousands of people that have that now. And it's out in the open. Again, we knew from day one, VAERS reporting is insane what we're seeing. And we know VAERS historically has been underreported by a factor of 41. Now, even if you say there was more of an awareness to VAERS with the COVID vaccine because it was more novel, people were talking about it. So it's not a factor of 41. It's a factor of 10 to 20 or even a factor of five. You have a destruction of humanity on your hands. You know, tinnitus is, there's about 21,000 in theirs. A factor of five in America would make it, you know, 100,000. Factor of 10 would be 200,000. With intractable tinnitus. Daniela Lenarzik, 34, says she experienced migraines, tinnitus, neck pain, and numbness in her arms since receiving her first Pfizer dose on September 3rd, but that doctors have been left stumped and unable to give her any answers. Um, she spent close to $4,000 out of pocket. No one knows what to do. She provided news.com with copies of hospital discharge summaries as well as Medicare claim claims records detailing more than 30 visits to GPs and specialists between September and February. They shrug their shoulders and say it's stress, she said. It just breaks my heart how we followed all the rules. We listened to what the government said. Now we're asking for help, but we're called anti-vaxxers. I got the vaccine because I trusted the government, the state, and the federal politicians, the chief medical officers. Now that trust is broken because I'm asking for help. And that's just a lot of finger pointing. Um, I have permanent damage to my ears. I do not know what silence sounds like. I, I, I want you guys to internalize that quote. I do not know what silence sounds like. The whole weekend I had a migraine. Friday, Saturday, Sunday I was crying every day because I was in pain. I have severe neck pain and pins and needles running through my arm. My fingertips are freezing cold. And again, my doctors could explain to you exactly the pathophysiology, and it's it's in written literature. You know what was crazy yesterday? Um, I had a, a listener to the show uh, email messages me about someone they know, seventy four, dying shortly after their shots. And they were totally healthy before. Of um, human mad cow disease. Okay? Human mad cow disease. It's Kreutzfeldt Jakob disease, CJD. C R E U T Z F E L D T Jakob J A K O B disease. That's basically human version of mad cow disease. It basically makes your brain go mush. It's the ultimate neurological 
disorder. I mean, it will kill you. It's, 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 it's totally horrific. So I emailed to, I was emailing with um, one of the military doctors, you know, about the D-men. And I said, hey, are you, you know, is, is CJD a thing? And she's like, just today we had a case of it. I'm like, oh, man. So then I emailed Stephanie Seneff, Dr. Seneff. She's the brilliant, um, you know, biologist I had on the show. She's written a lot of papers on neurological damage. um, Very, 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 very detailed. I was like, you know, hey, you know, what's the deal with this? Are you seeing it? And she emails me. Are you kidding me? I got got emails from a number of people. I had several relatives. Who, who developed CJD after the shot, Luck Montagnier. Remember, he's the guy who won the Nobel Prize. He just died um, for in 2016 for uh, finding, um, discovering uh, HIV. He evidently authored, just before he died, a preprint article on 16 cases, all of which got the diagnosis of CJD right after the second shot. Six died within three months, another six died within eight months, and the last four are barely alive today. It's insane. I didn't even know I didn't even know this existed. This alone is nuts. It is it's posted on ResearchGate, Luck Montagnier. Um although I don't know if his name is not on this one. For some reason, she says it is, but it's Jean-Claude Perez. The title is Towards the Emergence of a New Form of Neurodegenerative Creutzfeldt-Jakob Disease, 16 Cases of CJD Declared a Few Days After COVID-19 Vaccine Jab, if you want to read the preprint on ResearchGate. Folks, I, this is crazy. And again, it's not like we're making this up. So the media is talking about sudden blood clots, sudden strokes, sudden heart disease. They're saying it's COVID. They're saying it's <laughs> random things. Someone put together there's like a list of 50 things that now cause heart attacks that never did before. Alarm clocks, all sorts of stress, all sorts of things. They're, I mean, stress obviously could, but you know, they're blaming it on that. It's absolutely out of control what we're seeing. How am I supposed to walk away from all the information I have? I can't even get excited about anything else. Again, I know I'm behind on other news of the day. I did want to get to Jackson a little bit, the Supreme Court nominee crime, um, Trump's unendorsement of Mo Brooks and siding with Mitch McConnell, going to endorse the establishment that is pledging to vote for him. He's the biggest fifth columnist around. I'm sorry to say it. Jen Psaki now got COVID twice. After having the vaccine, again, it cannot, you cannot get natural immunity with the shots. This is absolutely insane. I could not have written a horror novel, a science fiction movie, detailing the reality of what we're living with today. And again, this is the minimum. You know, I always want to be measured and only go so far as we have evidence for. But you could imagine if this is what we're seeing with safety signals with so much censorship, you could imagine the scope of what really exists. And again, increasingly there's evidence that the heart maladies are not just immediate and it's a buildup over time with the microclotting and other factors. And last year was just the tip of the iceberg. 
So it's not just that, oh, the, theirs is the tip of the iceberg and really more happened last year than we thought. That's true. But more is going to continue happening, even if not a single new shot, new dose is administered. It does seem like the boosters were insane. Now, it's hard to tell if, does that mean the boosters qualitatively were worse than the previous batches? Some theorize that with a more stable buffer. Or is it just simply a cumulative effect that these are the people that, um, you know, it's it's a, a cumulative effect of, of three shots. So it adds up all the inflammation, the clotting, and it, it kind of, you know, push, puts you over the edge. The difference would be people that got the shots initially starting, you know, September, October, um, that didn't have it before. You know, and I think there is some evidence that those people got screwed over more, you know, with the mandates. And it's heartbreaking because um, the later you get in time, you're going to get more people that if they didn't get it by then with all the advertising and pressure, likely they were reluctant to get it and they were forced to get it. And they're stuck with this. This is the biggest genocide that has ever been committed on planet Earth. Pfizer side, democide. Very subtle, but we're going to cover it up with God's help. We will get the truth out, and with God's help, we will get the proper way of diagnosing and treating this for people. Um, this is the biggest humanitarian crisis ever. This is what true virtue is, not virtue signaling. And again, that I, I, I was hoping to move to other issues because there are important other things going on, but you can't blame me for delving into this. I got to disprove the government's corruption on DMED because that holds the key to understanding these injuries. And, I, and, and again, I could tell you, I have numerous doctors that could attest to this, not just through data, but through actual human beings they're dealing with. Tons of strokes and heart attacks, young, young people in the military, including pilots pilots never happened you can't miss it you can't miss it okay um but they're gonna suddenly blame it on covid stress everything else you name it but that's where we are today please send this show to everyone you know this is unique exclusive information um we're gonna have some good guests on for the end of the week Till tomorrow god bless y'all and thank you for listening